Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 174, Femininity Plus Pleasure Equals Fertility, a conversation with Lauren Joyce of The Magnetic Woman. Hey, loves. I just love conversations like the one that I'm going to be sharing with you that I had the distinct honor and incredible pleasure of having with Lauren Joyce. Now, I had the good fortune of appearing on Lauren's podcast, The Magnetic Woman. You're certainly going to want to check that out. So I could not wait to share her brilliance, her warmth, her sexiness, and her real just empowered femininity with all of you. Because as you know, one of the things that so many of us lovably type A, control freaky, professional, make it happen, we get shit done, women do on this journey is we really operate a lot of the time in our just kind of masculine energy, man. And, you know, we've done some incredible episodes on, you know, especially with my dear friend, Rachel Birch. You know, we did an episode on trying to get pregnant like a man. And, you know, I don't think that we can stress the power of unleashing the feminine enough on this journey. I mean, especially when you're coming from the place that a lot of us in this community are coming from, you know, very masculine energy centered work, you know, lawyers, teachers, nurses, physicians, engineers, you know, it's just, you know, we tend to be in a place where it's do, do, do. And we get into a space where it feels like we just cannot even access or are confused by or or scared of our feminine energy. And as we're going to be hearing during the conversation with Lauren, we all have masculine and feminine energy. This is not about gender stereotypes. It's really about ultimately marshalling the masculine and the feminine within all of us in a way that makes us masterful of ourselves. And everyone's mix is going to be a little different. So there's no such thing really as balance per se. Everyone gets to express in whatever way that they wish. However, when you're trying to conceive, you're doing the most feminine thing you can possibly do. So we want to make that not only accessible, but understandable and and culturally acceptable again in a really empowered way, which is why I, I really think that this conversation that I'm having with Lauren in this episode is going to be a real gift to all of you. So please do you know listen to what our conversation with an open heart. And, and really give yourself an opportunity here and now to really explore what the feminine means to you and, and how you may be able to unleash that more on your own journey. Because, you know, conceiving is all about receiving and receiving is feminine and all of this good stuff. So I hope that this conversation that I'm having with Lauren is going to really ignite that feminine fire in you and really inspire you 
to ask some powerful questions about how you can tap into the feminine more on this journey, how you can have more pleasure. I mean, imagine that. You're trying to conceive. And if you're doing it without pleasure, ladies, you're missing out. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with the amazing, most beloved gift to humanity, Lauren Joyce. All right, Lauren. When I was thinking about femininity and really exploring this topic and how it ties into fertility and why women should be looking at their femininity, you're the first person that popped in my mind. Like it, it, because you embody all of that. And, and I think that your own journey to that is, is actually quite an inspiration. So why don't we start off by, you know, sharing with the women listening, like, how did, how did you get to do what you're doing? Oh my gosh. So I always say like, if you would have told me before that I was going to become any sort of like coach or mentor, anything related to like sexuality and sexiness, I would have thought you were high on the most like insane drugs. Right. So (laughs) I grew up Catholic, quite Catholic, mind you, 10 years of Catholic school. So while my parents weren't very like strict Catholics, I was attending Catholic school for 10 years. So we're talking daily religion classes. We're talking daily conditioning around what it means to be a good and moral and righteous girl and woman in the world. And of course, I took a lot of it in. And I am someone who I love learning. I always loved school and I excelled really, really well academically. I excelled in my profession. And of course, growing up in a patriarchy, meaning our culture and society really reveres and honors men and masculine energetic qualities over women and feminine qualities, right? So living in a patriarchy where that is rewarded success and achievement and simultaneously being disconnected from your body as a woman and shutting that part down. Oh, I was like golden, right? I'm like rocking it and achieving and like, but all the while I felt really unfulfilled. It was like, okay, well, I got the degree. Okay. But that didn't, that didn't do it. That didn't feel how I thought it would feel. Okay. I'm excelling in my career. Okay. That's, that's not it. So I kept pushing, right? That's what we're taught to do. And then when I was 25, my dad died and I was like, I have no idea how to handle any of this. And I looked around me and I looked at all the women who've experienced loss in their life. And I was like, none of them are thriving or happy. I I don't want that. And I remember within like a month or two after he died, I signed myself up for grief counseling and I was sitting there with this woman and I go, I don't know how this is possible, but I only want this loss to make me a better person. Like, I don't, I don't know how that's even like, all I can do is get myself out of bed in the morning. I'm in, I'm so broken inside, but I, I will not let this define my life in a way of limitation or of, of lack. And then it simultaneously, you know, you're 25 and again, it's like, okay, I've done these things, achieved these things, not happy. And I was like, well, time is not guaranteed. Like life is precious. I will no longer do things that make me unhappy, right? Like what 25, I don't know what came over me at 25 years old to be like, this is the path, but that's what happened, right? 
And so mind you, I'd never done any self-development mindset work, never even heard of it. Somehow I find myself (laughs) ass in chair in Regina Thomas Howard's mastery program, which if you, your audience may or may not know of Regina, she is an incredible woman, like thought leader in terms of feminine feminism, all of that good stuff. And she wrote the book, Pussy, a reclamation. Now she wrote it. Yeah. She wrote this book after I did mastery. Right. So that was not the forefront of Regina. She had other books that I read and I was like, Oh, cool. Pleasure. Like you'll just tell me I get to eat chocolate cake. Like basically I can eat my feelings and that's how I can get around even having to like handle, deal with my grief. So there I was this good little Catholic girl who'd spent her entire life overachieving and sitting there, Regina comes out on stage. And within the first 10 minutes, she's like, so your power as a woman is your connection to your pussy. And I was like, what the heck did I just do? Oh no. And so (laughs) all of the conditioning inside of me is like, look for the exit, get out of here. Right. Yeah. This is straight up witchcraft. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Oh God, I'm going to hell. Oh, the inner good little sister Marie Catholic side of me. is like, run. And something inside of me was like, maybe you should listen to this. And I'm like, okay. So she goes through the day and I'm like, I've never heard of any of these things, but being the good student and overachiever that I am, I'm like, (laughs) well, I signed up for the course. So I don't like, okay, we'll just go with it. I was like, where has this information been my entire life? Why was I never told about ancient civilizations that revered the goddess? Why was I never told about hundreds of thousands of years where the female body was seen as the magical portal of life that it is? Why was I never told that pleasure is my birthright and that being like one with my sensuality, my sexual power is personal power. And so I'm learning all of this stuff simultaneously, like navigating my grief in a radical way, in my opinion. And I'm like, I have to teach this stuff. Like if this content and information can help me from the depths of grief into feeling more confident, more alive, happier than I've ever been in my life, I have got to teach this to other women. So that was a decade ago at this point. And I've spent the last 10 years eating, breathing, drinking, all of this, right? Like every certification under the sun, still very much an overachiever. (laughs) Do not worry. I was like, I kind of was like, wow, 12 certifications, Lauren? Okay, cool. Constantly learning and taking information in, in this because it is such powerful wisdom that has really been left out for most women. And yet we're, what I see is women across the board are yearning for this without being able to truly say what it is. Because when you start to hear it, it like just resonates so deeply as truth. So, and here we are. (laughs) And here we are. Well, you know, I think that what you there, I mean, well, you were dropping bombs left and right, but I, I think what was interesting, like the first part, if I look at what you were sharing chronologically, the part about how loss and grief could make you a better person. I mean, at 25, I mean, like that is the hand of the divine intervening 
in your brain because that level of consciousness to be conscious and not go unconscious into your patterns at that moment. I mean, that is definitely, I mean, an amazing gift that your dad gave in his passing was to give you an awakening. Yeah, for sure. Because I remember, you know, I was 25, fresh out of like college in a pretty well-paying career. And I remember being like, wow, I get why people turn to drugs and alcohol. Like I want to numb this. And I know that that is going to be the slipperiest slope for me. And like, I know that that's not what I want. Like, I know that that's just going to be a temporary band-aid. And yeah, I always, like, I always say, I don't know what it was, but it was so clear inside of me. And I was like, I can't make any other choice. Right. Right. And I think it's, you're highlighting something that I think a lot of women, particularly the women that I serve, uh, when they're struggling to conceive, find themselves very disconnected from the feminine. And it's not a question that we typically ask. Like, you know, when you think about the process of deciding to have a baby, like it, it gets real clinical real fast. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think that the reality is, you know, and I see this with women, obviously that I work with who want to start getting pregnant. Obviously that's not my like zone of genius and area of expertise like it is for you. But of course, when you're working with women around the feminine, like a lot of these things come up and it's like, we live in a culture and a society that tells women to try and control and overpower your body. Do not listen to your intuition. That's craziness. Don't. No, 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 no. Right? The mad or bad woman. Like if you're your full self, if you're tapped into your wisdom and intuition, that's either wrong or you're crazy. We live in a culture and a society that over-sexualizes women and then simultaneously shames us for owning our sexuality. Yeah, it's a way to keep us destabilized. 100%. And so then when a woman gets to a place of like, okay, I'm ready to bring new life into the world, which quite frankly is the most feminine thing, period. And if you have any women who just like love you and maybe aren't getting pregnant or even women in my community who are like, I don't want to birth a biological child, like it is still the most feminine thing to birth new life, whether that's a creative project, a business, a new idea, right? And then of course, biological life. So then you get to a space and it's like, okay, now I need to do the most feminine thing about me, but I'm so disconnected from my body, from my intuition, from my emotions, from pleasure, from sensuality. Like it's a recipe for disappointment, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, now I'm going to try and have power over my body to force it to do this thing that it might not be ready to do in the way that like, maybe you need to get your hormones in check, or maybe you need to heal something inside of you so you can be an even better mother. Maybe you need to fix something inside of your relationship to create a more, like a different foundation for this child that's coming into the world. It's, you know, Regina, my first mentor, one of my favorite phrases of hers is our desires break us and remake us. Mm. And I think we're in our culture and society, we're so quick to see something not happening as meaning something about us, meaning that we're flawed or broken or whatever. 
versus this is an opportunity and an invitation to become the woman who has that thing. And that's one of the hardest things I think for women to wrap their heads around, especially on this journey and especially in a culture where everything is so achievement oriented and, yeah. and, and not like achievement is bad. Trust me. I'm a recovering type A control freaky. Right. Like, you know, you and I are cut from the same cloth. But what's interesting is I think we get a skewed view of that. Yeah. You know, social media has done a lot to, I think, warp people's yeah. belief system about how quickly things, quote unquote, should happen. I mean, mm-hmm. we're inundated with images of alleged overnight successes or, oh, yeah. you know, and, and so it's it we're not we're not really celebrating the process. Yeah. And, you know, much like what you were talking about is becoming this person, you know, I'm always telling women, you know, you, you become the woman who succeeded before you actually succeed. Yes. You have to be in that place where you're open to receive the thing that you want. But when you have relationships that are out of alignment, you're disconnected from your body. You also are not connected to your own natural license and agency. Yeah, over yourself and your dream, you know, this can, this can go from bad to worse quick. So quick. I mean, the reality is I am so beyond grateful for Western medicine, right? Like we are so lucky to live at a time where, where the medical and scientific breakthroughs and discoveries are and have been what they are. And Western medicine is so misogynistic and so patriarchal that if you are disconnected from your feminine, from your power, from your like agency and sovereignty, it is so easy to get swept up into that current of then hating your female body and finding it wrong and shaming it and judging it and criticizing it. And let's just be honest, like that is not a welcoming environment for a new life. Like if you're thinking about, okay, I'm ready to, to bring my child into the world. You want to create the most beautiful and nurturing space. Like that is what nesting is, right? Like you want to make the nursery beautiful. Like what you say to yourself, how you view your body, how you feel about your body is that like first for lack of a better word, nest for them. But again, it's like, I constantly talk about the patriarchy and society and blah, blah, blah. And I I feel like people are probably like, okay, get over it. But what I really want to drill down for women is like the majority of what you are experiencing, your fears, your body image issues, your judgment and shame on yourself is not because you are inherently broken or flawed. It is because for 2,500 years, that's the messaging that we've received. Right. Right. And there was a whole lot of reason for them to do that. Oh my God. Yeah. Whoever, whoever them is, right? right. Like, you yeah. know, it's, it, I, I think it changes all the time, but I think you're raising a really important point because it's ultimately, you know, when, when women begin to explore what femininity is for them, yeah. I think one of the smartest places to start is what are my beliefs about it? Because You'll, yeah. that's a really strong indicator of the kind of programming because we don't know we're programmed until we become aware. Totally. You know, we have no idea. Like, 
you know, because one of, let me give you one example, and I'm sure you're going to riff like crazy on this is I actually believed back in the day before I had done any work, when I was just scratching my head, wondering why I wasn't conceiving my son, duh, you know, I I thought the feminine was weak. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Weak and crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I was a get it done prosecutor. I, you know, like I just, I was so comfortable in my masculine. That's where I live. Just like you. Yeah. And you know, there's so many things in that one. I say often like for women, most women aren't actually so in their masculine as much as they have control issues. Right. And it's like, when we realize that a lot of our, a lot of our quote unquote masculine qualities are control issues because we feel unsafe in our body and in the world as a woman, then we can start to realize because each person has masculine energy and feminine energy, right? And if, you know, we can call it yin for feminine and yang for masculine. And for a person who is like conscious and evolved, and I don't always love using those terms because I think it just perpetuates hierarchy, but aware there is a healthy and empowered expression of the masculine and a healthy and empowered expression of the feminine that we are all meant to be expressing all day, every day. I don't, I don't see it as like a 50, 50. I see it as a dance in between. Right. 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 For me and what I believe to be true for most women is that your natural set point outside of all the conditioning, your natural set point is the feminine. Essentially, your natural set point is in your power, right? Mm-hmm. Connected to your desires, clear on your emotions and your boundaries, you know, sensual, alive, full of pleasure. And then we dance into, shift into the masculine to get the project done, to finish the brief, to, you know, start the company, to whatever. And we move back into the feminine throughout that, right? And it's a dance back and forth. So it's not about, okay, we need to not be in the masculine. Right. Right. And I, like you thought the feminine was weak and needy and dependent and crazy because one, that is the stories that were fed. Like look at any fairy tale and nineties rom-com, right? Like this is what was forming (laughs) our belief systems. Right. And two, every woman like looking back on my childhood, every adult female around me exhibited these disempowered feminine qualities of being needy, being dependent, being emotionally crazy and unstable. And so it was like, well, I don't want to be that. I doesn't feel good. Right. Plus I'm getting rewarded the more I'm quote unquote achieving. Well, that feels really good. All right, let's keep doing that. And so again, I come back to like, for most women, you're not so in your masculine as much as you have control issues. Mm-hmm. And so you stay in a space of doing and you stay in a space of producing because you're terrified if you stop, you have to feel the feelings that are inevitably in your body that you haven't felt, mm-hmm. that you have to address the fact that you have so deeply tied your worthiness to productivity. Oh, who are you if you stop producing? Right. Right. And you're terrified of leaning into 
the sensual, the pleasure, the wild, the erotic of the feminine, because we've been told for the longest time that that's the most dangerous thing that you could do. Mm. I love the way that you break that down because it, I, I think it's so true. It's like, you know, especially, you know, when I think about the, the women I serve, you know, tend to be in very masculine, masculine, energetic kind of professions. Yeah. And we can easily get very disconnected from that, from our feminine and distrust it and think it's just lipstick and high heels. Totally. But that couldn't be far. It's an expression of it for sure, but it's kind of a more superficial expression of it than I think where our real power lies. I would love it if you would share a little bit about, you know, how do we, it's going to sound really basic, but like, how do we even find pleasure when we're so starved of it? Yeah. So a few things, as you mentioned, like you have to first start being, you have to begin by examining what is your belief system around the feminine? What were you told or taught or shown, or what are you afraid of? How do you judge it? And same thing with pleasure, right? I actually just did a Facebook live called pleasure as a healing modality. Like we are inundated with no pain, no gain. Pain is beauty, <laughs> right? Like suffer to prove that you deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no wonder most women are like, uh, pleasure. No, thank you. Like that's not going to get me what I want. And it couldn't be farther from the truth. So you have to look at what are your beliefs around pleasure and allowing or deserving or having pleasure. That's the first thing. The second thing is And I make all of my clients do this, no matter how long I've been working with them, no matter at what level they come in, you got to make a pleasure list. You got to make a list of keep it on your phone, keep it next to your computer. What are the things that bring you pleasure? So for me, when I describe pleasure, it is typically synonymous with sensuality. So sensuality is experiencing life with your senses engaged and present to those senses, right? When we think of things that bring us pleasure, 99% of the time they are sensual, right? They taste good. They smell good. They feel good on our skin or in our bodies emotionally. They sound good. They look good, right? Pleasure and slash or sensuality brings you into your body and into the present moment. You Mm. can't be freaked out about what's going to happen next week or next month. You can't be obsessed about what didn't happen last week or last month. You come back into the present moment. So pleasure brings you into your body and into the present moment. So start creating a list. What are the things that bring me pleasure? And it could be from a piece of dark chocolate to a week at an all-intensive inclusive spa resort, right? Like Anything and every, yeah, sign me up, right? (laughs) Anything and everything in between. But here's the thing. When you have a list, oh, I really like this specific brand's peppermint tea. Oh, I really enjoy a 20-minute walk. Ooh, this song always makes me feel like juicy and turned on and in my power. You have a whole list. So then you're working away and you're like, pleasure. (sighs) I don't want that. And it's like, that's exactly when you need pleasure the most. But that's why you have the list because from the, uh, you can't think of what's pleasurable. Right. So when you're in that uh, space, you get to be like, oh, let me get a cup of that peppermint tea. Okay. Right. 
and you go and you get the cup of peppermint tea. We often think, and again, I think social media does like (laughs) a crazy job on this, that like pleasure is five hours at the spa, crazy, luxurious bubble baths. Pleasure is like all white, immaculate house that looks like nobody even lives there. Pleasure (laughs) is like these unattainable (laughs) things that are going to take so much time, effort, money. When in reality, living a pleasurable life, it's about those micro moments. It's about the moment first thing in the morning when you go to have coffee or tea or whatever it is. Are you looking at your phone and like already freaked out about the 15 emails that came in (laughs) overnight? Or are you completely present to the sensations of that cup of coffee or tea? Yeah. Wow. You know, I love how you're making this so accessible because I think when we are clawing our way back Mm -hmm. to that sensual nature, because I think sensual and sexual get like blurred. They get mixed up. And again, it's just a way to keep us from our power because a woman who owns her sensuality typically has a healthier relationship with her sexuality anyway. Right. Our sexual essence, expression, power is our personal power. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's, I I think that's extraordinary. I mean, because when you think, when you get present, Lauren, and, and you really like, I do this with food. Mm -hmm. I am a hardcore foodie. Like I, I cannot tolerate a shit meal. And so I, I love to be in the moment. I love, you know, I spend a long time selecting restaurants to go to because I love it. over time I've, I've learned to value. I want the lighting. I want the experience. Yes. I want, yes. you know, this whole thing so that, you know, we're not just eating on the go, but we are in the moment in the present, mm-hmm. nourishing our bodies, having a beautiful conversation with somebody that we love or friends or, you know, any of that stuff. I mean, it is that simple. Yeah, it is. And again, like pleasure is healing. It lowers our cortisol, right? Like it has physiological benefits. And the more we lean into pleasure, undoubtedly, the more in tune with your body you become, right? Mm -hmm. And again, when you're on the journey of bringing new life into this world, you want to do it from the healthiest, highest vibrational state, physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, and I don't know if you've talked about this or I, I feel like we probably talked about this when you were on my podcast, but women in France experience menopause completely differently because they are not fed the belief system that menopause means you're like dried up old life is over women in France, their story is menopause is the second spring of your life. Like this is where you really come in to yourself as a woman. So they actually experience less physiological menopausal symptoms, right? So when you lean into pleasure, you become so much more connected to your body that you're trusting your body and you're not buying into a lot of the bullshit and a lot of the the stories and belief systems that aren't supportive to you having and creating the desire that you want. Wow. 
You know, I love that you raised that. I mean, especially about, you know, because you look at the vibrancy, you know, I, you know, I was just watching a movie the other day. I, I can't remember which one it was, but there was a, a French actress in it that was clearly in her. I think it was Natalie Bay. Okay. She was, you know, I loved her in the 90s and like, you know, mm-hmm. she's just, you know, everything balls. But she exuded this elegance. It was in the new Downton Abbey movies, I think is what it was. And oh, I haven't just, seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, she just was like, I mean, owning this and and just so self-assured and all yeah. this, you know, just the, even the way that they did her makeup, it wasn't overly done. Yep. She wasn't hiding her age. She wasn't, you know, it. she didn't yeah. look like a mummy. I mean, it was very, um, it was really beautiful. But I think that the other thing, about that is we scare women about not just menopause, but having babies in their forties. And oh, it's yeah. like, it, it's like what you can't have both. You you're either going to submit yeah, to yeah. not having a career and, and a marriage or a partnership yeah. and a baby. Like it's very limiting. Yeah, but yeah. the reality is, is that, Hey, there's never been a better time. Yeah. You're, you're never like, you're probably never as wealthy right? Yeah. You know, cause yeah. you, you never have more life experience and all this other stuff. I mean, it's, I love that you raised this idea yeah. of the second spring because you're just coming into this really incredible power in your life. So, but exactly. why be scared to death about it? Exactly. And I mean, the reality, so I'm 35, I am not married. I don't have kids. Pretty sure I want kids at some point. And I know all of this stuff. Again, I've been in this realm for 10 years and I still find myself going, Oh shit, I'm getting old. Oh no. (laughs) Because it's everywhere, everywhere, you know? And so it's like, it can feel so overwhelming. And I know if the women, the women listening to this podcast, they're, they listen to you for a reason. So they already know the power and the importance of like the thoughts you're thinking and what you're ingesting mentally and emotionally. And again, I always want to give women the reassurance that what you're experiencing is normal. Like the society and the entire hierarchy set of power was set up to keep us from our power. So all of the fears, all of the like old beliefs and conditioning that you're trying to rewrite, it's not because you whatever your name is, Susie is like the one woman who like is so broken and so messed up, right? It's like, no, this is, it's a cultural thing. It's a societal thing. It's a human thing. And yeah, if you have a child in your late thirties or forties or late forties, or whenever you have a child, that is the perfect time for you. Right. Because that's when you're having it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's it's really interesting that you say that because I, I think that, you know, when we kind of look across the board, you know, yeah. in this kind of mass awakening, I think that's yeah. happening around yeah. the world, just about how a lot of the things that we've been told about ourselves are just, they're just wrong. Yeah. You know, like we're way more powerful than we think. And, you know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience, you know, it's, it, it makes more sense. And I think people can really lean back. Women can lean back and say, Hey, if this desire is in my heart, it's meant for me. There, there is going to be an ultimate expression of it. I don't have to live in fear. Yeah. 
I don't have to, you know, be constantly in the past or in the future. I can be in the present experiencing pleasure. And, and one more thing that I wanted to dovetail on was, and it just made so much sense to me because when you were saying you want to conceive from the highest vibration that you possibly can. When I think back to when my husband and I conceived my son, Asher, we, it was a year that we were saying bigger and bolder yeses to us. Yes. We had just come back from this amazing European trip doing Uh all the things. It was all about pleasure. I mean, I was doing everything that the quote unquote experts tell you not to do. I was wearing heels on cobblestone, eating cheese, drinking wine, drinking bread. (laughs) I love it. I was, you know, anything that I wanted, I bought. Like I was very, it was a very sensual, as you've described it, experience. And I am not joking, Lauren. I remember the moment when, when the whisper in my ear was, it's time. I'm sure. Yeah. It's time. I knew Asher was on, like, I always knew he was coming, but I knew in that moment it was time to receive him. Yeah. Like never forget it. And it's extremely hard to describe. You just know it when it happens. And it doesn't surprise me that he made his way into the physical form at that time, because I was the vibration that I was in everything I was experiencing, what my clients were experiencing, it was like the perfect time. Oh my God. Of course. And if you, again, think about your body as like the first home of your child, because it is right. Yeah. And if we, with this mass awakening, I think a lot of people are coming to terms with and really seeing the reality of like, their conditioning from childhood or familial or ancestral lineage or whatever. And it's like, okay, I have no doubt that if you want to be a mother, you want to give your child like the best possible life and experience with like the most amazing possibilities. So why not start living as the woman who allows that for herself first? As you become the home for this new life that you're bringing into the world, right? Like it's time that we kill the martyr mother mentality, right? And quite frankly, you don't have to have given birth yet to kill that mentality. Because if you're like, I have to suffer, I have to be in pain. This has to be like, this is really hard and I have to do it in the most challenging way possible, you are already being like, hi, yes, I'm choosing signing up mother martyr mentality. Yes. But mm-hmm. we didn't do that. Like we're going to start that right now. So like choose a different, choose a different option. And he, the, the other thing I want to say to this is everything I'm talking about, please do not let pleasure and the feminine and becoming the highest vibrational version of yourself as this other challenging thing you have to achieve in order to be worthy or perfect enough. You're perfect already. You're Mm -hmm. worthy enough right now to become a mother. And like you are going to be a mother. If the desire is there, it's on your heart for a reason. So if you're going to get to the finish line of becoming a mother, don't you want this time to be the most enjoyable? Yeah. 
I, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, but we, I think we exalt suffering. I think suffering. Oh yeah. Right. Like, yeah, no, it really like, you know, but I think we also, it's interesting where society, like if something comes to you easily, yeah, which easily even has sort of a pejorative to it. Yeah. But let's just say it comes to you with ease. Yep. Mm -hmm. That it must be less valuable. Yes. Yeah. Which is crazy. Oh my God. Because I think it's a, it's a difference between allowing, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and us being constantly at odds and shaming and wronging the desire. So, oh yeah, I think that it's, you know, what you've shared here is just incredible and is a really cool eye-opening experience for women to really start to get some hard notions of what, you know, what this means so that it's tangible. Because I think it is intentionally obfuscated and need like um, this amorphous, you know, thing that, you know, to be in your feminine or that, you know, it's risky to be in your feminine. I think it's risky not to be able to marshal the masculine and the feminine. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Yeah. A few things. One, I want to get a shirt that says like, fuck puritanical beliefs, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, please. And granted, again, I grew up like Catholic school, Catholic, you know, it's like the more guilt and suffering you do, the better you are, you know? So that belief system will come up regularly for me. But Always. I think, yeah, it's like, okay, we can, we can begin to let that go. You know, I think the reality is, We've been told and taught that being in our feminine and in our bodies, in our feminine power is the most dangerous thing in the world, right? And so for centuries, it actually was probably safer for women to be disconnected from their bodies, from their sensuality, from their truths, from their voice, right? Like that probably saved a lot of women during the Spanish Inquisition and the witch trials, okay? Sure. (laughs) I think in 2022, the safest place for a woman is deeply grounded in her feminine power. Yeah. And it is actually less safe for us to be disconnected from our bodies and from pleasure. And when I say less safe, I don't necessarily mean like physical harm, but I mean like you're just not enjoying this life that you have. Yeah. You know, I think it's energetic safety as well, though. Oh, yeah. So much of the toxicity and the fear porn that I think is out there, you know, and this is, and and I think it's interesting because when we, you know, what I describe as the mama bear energy, you know, to my ladies is really like, Hey, you know, truth when it resonates in your body, you know, when somebody is telling you the truth because you feel it, it goes back to us being spiritual beings for sure. And it's really important what you just said about now being the safest, you know, one of the safest places to be is in your feminine because you're in your intuition. You're going to see and feel truth when it's presented to you and you're going to discern and discernment is so critical now, Lauren. It's like underlying discernment, like 10,000 times. Oh my God. Having the discernment I think is in, you know, I think I, I love the masculine as much as I love the feminine. They're just different, but I think the masculine tends to be more reactive. The feminine, I think, tends to be more responsive and discerning, you know, in a different way. It's a different kind of discernment. 
Totally. So two things onto that. One, going back to what we were saying, how we were both like, oh, the feminine was weak and needy and blah, blah, blah. Because we're also not taught about the, what I tend to call like the dark goddess archetype or like the quote unquote dark feminine, the fire, the righteous rage, the like unshakable boundaries, right? Like we're told even in a lot of quote unquote polarity work, it's like the feminine is soft and surrendered. And it's like, (laughs) okay, sure. But the feminine is also like bloody and like righteous rage. Like, no, I'm going to take my sword, cut your head off, drink your blood and wear it as a necklace. (laughs) Thank you, Allah goddess Kali. You know what I mean? It's like, we're not taught about the power that the feminine holds to not just create, but to like release things that aren't serving us, to burn down things that are not for us or for the highest good of everyone. And so I think that a lot of the work that I do with women, like we work on nurturing and revering the intuition and emotions and sensuality, but we also go into the rage and the wild and the erotic because mm-hmm. the feminine is all of that. Right. All of it. Right. And the other thing is the feminine is the initiator, period, full stop. The entire conversation of like the masculine leads. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. The feminine desire is what leads. It is feminine desire first, then yeah, you're right. The masculine reacts and starts taking action towards said desire. And then the feminine supports that with like pleasure and sensuality and fun and wildness and whatever. And I think that when we realize that, like when I say the term feminine, it really is about a woman being the fullest expression of herself. So I don't know if women are going to see the video of this. Like I'm. Oh yeah, they are. Okay, great. So you can see like sexy black dress, pink lipstick. Like (laughs) this is my, I mean, sometimes I do podcast interviews like in legit lingerie, right? That is what feels so alive and exciting for me. If you were like, Lauren, we're going on a 10 mile hike. I would be like, yeah, I'll see you at the five-star spot, like, after. Like, <laughs> not that is not Lauren's you highest do. expression. You know yeah, what I mean? No, like, yeah, I get it. And if you're like, my highest expression is that 10-mile hike and then going to the spot, great, do you. You don't have to wear a stitch of makeup. But what I do find is women who start leaning into pleasure, they end up rewriting the relationship with themselves and their own unique beauty to begin to revere it and honor it. And it's like, what feel like, what would honor me and the beauty that I have? Is it a luxurious face wash? Like again, you know, makeup necessary, right? Or is it testing out? Maybe I do want to wear a red lipstick. Yeah. Right. Is it oh, I've never thought I could pull off leopard print. Let me try it out. Or is it, I will live and die in athleisure, but I'm going to get the most luxurious, best feeling kind. Mm. And again, like if you think about your body as the home for this life that you're bringing into the world, how are you treating this home? How are you taking care of this home? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, this has been brilliant, Lauren. And I, yes, I mean, I really just, we could go on for days on this one, you know, and I I, I just love it. I love it, but you know, and I, and I really am extremely appreciative of you Mm -hmm. and, and the work that you're doing in the world because you're, you're walking and talking it, you know, your real living proof of what that can look like, you know, and, and it's really awesome to be in the sphere of, you know, courageous women that are willing to take their personal experience and turn it into service, a way to serve. So, so talk to us a little bit. How do women get in contact with you? Yeah. You know, how do they work with you? I, I think it's awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me and all and watching and listening. Like, thank you so much. So I am the magnetic woman in real life and on the internet. So you can find me everywhere at The Magnetic Woman. So on Instagram, on Facebook, I have a free Facebook group. Come over, say hello. Let me know that you heard me or saw me on this podcast. And right now I'm so excited because I have opened up a space for a nine month because it takes nine months to <laughs> live. This was all intentional, my loves. Yeah. It is an initiation into what I call embodied feminine leadership. So being wow. embodied in your feminine and learning to lead from that space in all areas of your life. So I also call it like my goddess world tour because we have three retreats all mm. over the world where we're going to like sacred feminine sites and soaking it all up and in. So the program is called Sovereign. I would love if that sounds delicious and exciting to you to come on over to anywhere on social media or my website and connect, read the program, all the things. That's awesome, Lauren. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you so much. It's going to be, I think it's going to be really exciting, you know, for for the ladies listening to this this information in this way. So thank you so much for being with us. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Loves. Wasn't that conversation with Lauren just juicy? I just can't, I can't not describe that conversation without using just that. It's very sumptuous, you know, and it's really cool being around other women that are really embracing their femininity, their sexuality, their love of pleasure, beauty, all of these things, because they really do come together to create real joy and, dare I say, pleasure in this life. You get to enjoy your life while you live this journey, ladies, believe it or not. And if you want to learn how to do it my way, my Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months and say hell yes to covering their bases, mind and body, so you don't have to look back on this time in your life with regret. I work with women that are committed to success. To apply for your interview for this program, go to my website, www.frommaybe2baby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodologies help women around the world make their mom dreams come true. Their results speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success in this journey, baby, you got to gape and hole in your strategy. Let's fix that shit and set you up for success. Till next time, change your mindset change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.